Haima Black. I am here at the I'm Not Art Gallery. I'm here with Matt Shapiro and Chase McCaskill. How are both of you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you, Haima. Yeah, Chase? Yeah, doing well. A bit tired from the weekend and the workday, but yeah, doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah. So this space, for anyone who has not been here yet who's listening to this, um, this is an NFT gallery. We're going to talk all about what that means, all that kind of stuff. Although we're going to probably skip just what an NFT is because I think there's enough explainers out there. If you're listening to this, you probably have an idea of what an NFT is. And if you don't, please go. There's going to be better explanations online that you can just read very quickly, so pause this. But we're at a physical NFT gallery, and if you know what an NFT is, you know why that's kind of a cool thing. So we're going to talk about what this gallery is, what both of you are doing here. But I always like to start at the beginning with people when I have them on the podcast for the first time. So how did both of you get started as creatives? You know, whatever you want to label that as. How did you start pursuing the creative paths? So I've, I've always been kind of interested in, in technology and kind of the intersection of specifically like art and technology. And this has been a been a process and a movement that's really evolved over over like a 10, 15 year period in my, in my opinion from when the internet really started. And so uh, even before blockchain, even before NFTs, there were a lot of digital assets that, w- that were worth something. And so I've always just been interested in kind of the, the concept of, of digital assets and in general, just new technologies. And it's kind of you know, led me to, to where we are now. And then for me, I would say my creative journey, the way that my, I've thought a lot about this recently and Matt and I have talked about it a bunch, the way that my creative juices kind of you know, show themselves is, is through building. And so I discovered this when I was younger, when I was playing video games, I used to play sports games growing up and I loved building a dynasty team. That was like my thing. And so like, I just have this knack for building. And so obviously Matt has this, this interest in, in technology and in art and in the intersection. And, and as he started telling me more about, it got me more into blockchain, more into cryptocurrency, um, the idea of how blockchain, which we'll talk about obviously has the ability to change the future uh, as we know it, especially of the web. As Matt started getting me into that, and then we had the opportunity to build on that art, it allowed me to kind of allow these creative juices that have been pent up during COVID that I wanted to like let out somehow, allow me to kind of get that out through on that art um, and, and helping build on that art. So my creativity manifests itself in building, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's great. How did the two of you meet? How long have you known each other and, and or been working together? Yeah, so um, I actually met Chase uh, working for US Soccer. Um, about two and a half years ago now. And we work really closely at US Soccer doing uh, the digital marketing, kind of digital operations uh, piece of it. And so our background is really from a, like a digital analytics and marketing standpoint. And we just hit it off really from the beginning. And, and you know, just from how we kind of worked side by side for US Soccer, then, you know, as kind of my interest in blockchain started kind of rubbing off to chase, um, you know, we started talking about this and then, you know, obviously there's been a lot of, a lot of noise, uh, and news in this world over the last year or so. And so it all really kind of came together, um, earlier this year when, you know, we decided, you know, with a group of, uh, some of my other friends to, to start this. When this started, and, and I'm saying this as kind of like the larger picture, NFT metaverse, this whole thing, right? When this really started kind of getting in front of people, making all the headlines it made earlier this year, like, what was your reaction? Were you like, wait a minute, we've been on this, we've been paying attention to this, this is happening now? Or how did you feel as that started to suddenly, you know, make these huge headlines with Blau and, and Christie's and everything? Yeah, it was, it was really, really great to see. And, you know, I, this isn't the first time that NFTs have, have tried to have a moment, like a little bit in 2017, kind of the last blockchain cycle, hype cycle. You know, there were, there were NFTs there. I mean, CryptoKitties, one of the most famous Ethereum NFTs, you know, that was kind of the first killer dap um, for Ethereum. And so 
this latest surge that we saw this year, I think to me, was just really, really encouraging to see kind of the real art community start getting behind it and to see NFTs really kind of mature in a way to be able to get into kind of the national conversation the way they did. So for me, it was kind of a validation just of some of the ideas of what an NFT could be. Uh, and over the years, you know, as cryptocurrencies has gone up and down and adoption has kind of not really taken off the way that I thought it might a couple of years ago, uh, it was really refreshing and encouraging to see to see this this movement. So I didn't really actually feel feel like left behind and it actually kind of spawns like kind of the idea and, and where we're at today. So it all kind of like blends together. Yeah. And how long has this physical location? Because it sounds like I'm not art as a concept. It lived on the metaverse first. Am I getting that right? And then there was the physical location. Give us a little bit of history of like both the on and offline kind of yeah background of this space and this concept. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we started online just with kind of like a virtual gallery and a virtual community. And that was where, where the idea is, the idea really spawned. And we saw an opportunity to kind of bring traditional artists and people that didn't really know how to get into the NFT space and be kind of like an onboarding platform for them to connect them with some of our team members who are developers to help them make their first NFT or think through how they can enter the space. And which that was four months ago, five months ago. Yeah. Sorry. That's a good call. It was about four months ago, late, late February. And so that was kind of the original idea. You know, we can have a website, um, we can build our own smart contracts and we can sell NFTs directly from, from our website and, and onboard artists who are trying to figure it out. Because at that time in February, March, you know, if you're an artist, a lot of people were trying to figure it out. They were seeing some of the sales that were going on. They were trying to figure out how to get in the space. We thought we could build something that could kind of like meet them halfway and work with them. Then the idea kind of pivoted into the into the metaverse. We started looking about where are people displaying their NFTs. And you know, for those that don't know the metaverse, I should probably explain it, but it's basically just like a, a virtual player-owned world. So if you're thinking of like the Sims, you're thinking of Second Life, you can imagine kind of like a video game environment where Minecraft. users have avatars or Minecraft. Users have avatars, and but in these worlds, they all everything's owned by by the players themselves. There's no centralized owner of of the different plots of land. Uh, it's spread out, and what people have been doing in the metaverse is building virtual galleries to display their NFTs. And so, once we started getting more more into the space, and we were able to see kind of the activity that was happening specifically in this metaverse called Crypto Voxels, it's very clear that if we wanted to be in this space, we needed to have land in the metaverse, and you know, we needed to have have a, a presence there. Yeah, and on that one specifically, I still remember the conversation I had with Matt. I was, I don't know where you were. You were probably at home in front of your computer having an epiphany. And I was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting at the train and Matt called me. You're like freaking out about this metaverse. And we'd kind of been talking about the metaverse and then the idea of we can use the metaverse to be the centralized hub for us to build community because we started with nothing, a, a Twitter account that had zero followers. And we're almost at 3000 now, which is relatively large in the, in the NFT space. And Matt's freaking out about the metaverse on the phone. And this is probably about April. And then we jump fully in. So, yeah, it was March, yeah, because yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was wild March, to see. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the time went. Yeah, it was, time flies, right? It, it was just wild to see uh, what was actually happening in, in in the metaverse and in these virtual worlds. Where a lot, these worlds, like Decentraland, is another example of one. They had been around from from 2017, a lot of them, and a lot of them, I would say, you just didn't really get developed properly. They were kind of like barren wastelands. But then. When I dropped into, into crypto voxels and I saw this like growing ecosystem and community, it's really kind of like mind blowing. And we ended up getting land in the metaverse and ended up kind of thinking about how do we, you know, how do we build our community? How do we build our brand inside here? And, and it started with hosting um, weekly events and what we, what we built called the community gallery. 
And the idea with the community gallery was, you know, there's a lot of NFT artists out there that are trying to differentiate themselves. They're trying to get their art out there, but to do it in, 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 in more of an indirect kind of way, because you don't want to just shill, you know, nobody wants just to, just shilling your art just as direct isn't, isn't effective. And so and shilling your art is just, artists will literally, just for the layman, will go on Twitter there'll be these huge drip threads of art and people just say, post your art. And so artists will spend hours just posting links to their art. To just constantly avail. posting links so to How their can art, we yeah. help elevate artists more than just a Twitter drip feed? Well, and I see really quickly, like, and I'm not as like, I'm not near as like kind of feet on the ground in the NFT space as you guys, but I follow a lot of people who are very invested in this. Um, but I, the thing I always see that comes up is community, yeah. you know, and I see people who are very passionate and active in the NFT space saying like, don't just show up and start trying to sell something. You have to be part of the community, connect to other people and support other people. And also, yeah, sell. But if you're just showing up and all of a sudden being like me, 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 that's not what this space is right now. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, it's, it's all, all about community. I mean, blockchain in general, but it is about community and it's such a niche, small community, but it's a community that's so welcoming to newer people into the space. And, that's what we found when we built kind of like our our virtual gallery and offered a way to kind of curate weekly exhibitions that community we were, gallery community <laughs> gallery but yeah just the way that we could kind of like curate exhibitions every week and we would have people that were higher profile that were already selling well people that were just new into the space and i think on average a lot of the people that joined our community you know were were on the earlier steps of their journey as an artist and figuring this stuff out which was great and we were able to kind of really week after week grow this this community and in, in, in our Discord channel, and, and create this this real sense of uh, of family within I'm Not Art, where all these artists, all of these collectors, all these programmers are all helping each other, and our our uh, Discord, which is where we have all of our kind of like group chats and voice discussions, really just started exploding. And we realized, hey, we need a specific channel for um, for building wearables in, in crypto voxels, a specific channel for Solidity programming for smart contracts. Uh, we built a, can, a channel called Collector Flex, where you know artists would buy work from other artists. Is what we started to see, and collectors would buy from artists that were shown in our shows. And that was a way that you could basically say and, and share with the community that, hey, I, I, I bought this. And you know, that's a big part of kind of like the social construct of, of buying art within communities. And um, we just were kind of overwhelmed with the the community growth that we were having and, and also a, a real overrepresentation of people in Chicago. That was like a thing we figured out early on where, you know, we were doing this and our community was still like, you know, 100, 200 people. And there were a bunch of us from Chicago. And it was just it was almost like eerie that that there would be such a a group of, of still this small community that was international at that point as well. That was all based in the same area. And that was kind of, I think, where the seeds of I'm Not Art Chicago really came from, was kind of earlier on identifying that there was something special here happening in Chicago. And we couldn't really put our put our finger on it. And at that point, you know, we weren't even thinking physical gallery necessarily at that point. The, the goal still there was, you know, building a, a virtual community and gallery and, and selling art. And, you know, as You're we- like early May at this point, yeah? Yeah, no, I think this may be April. So I think our, our events in earnest started in mid-March and then, Basically, for, for 12 weeks straight, every Thursday, we had that community gallery event, and you know, we just kept growing. And then at some point in April, Chase, you know, we, looked at our, we looked at each other and, and the rest of the team, we were talking, and you know, there was an opportunity to, not only did we feel we were building something special in the metaverse, and it was showing with our numbers, the participation. Um, very quickly, we were like the most kind of popular parcel in crypto voxels. So we knew we were onto something there. And then you know, we were looking in, in the physical world as well to see 
you know, what people were doing from a, from a physical perspective, because we had this vision and this concept of, of these hybrid physical digital events and the concept of an exhibition or event that could take place both in the metaverse and in real life. And when we looked around, there really wasn't anybody doing it. And so there was an opportunity here to, to build the first NFT gallery in Chicago and to be one of the, you know, the people that are leading building these these digital physical experiences that that I personally have never seen before. And that's that's what excites me about it. It's like, how often do you get to do something that, you know, that you haven't done before or that you haven't seen done before? Well, and I think we're really at a moment where people are able to really wrap their heads around hybrid, uh, I'm going to call it events, right? Like in person and online. And that could be anything. That could be a conference. It could be a concert. I went to a couple Ganser shows, uh, the band Ganser from Chicago. They played a couple shows over the weekend at the Empty Bottle. And the final night was live streamed in addition to, of course, being a, you know, in-person thing. And now everybody knows what that is. We've all spent the last year and a half online in front of our screens and in front of Zoom. So you don't have to explain to someone like what a live stream is or what a virtual event is anymore. So it kind of feels like at least somewhat maybe half the battle's done. But you have this great reception online in the metaverse. How do you start bringing that into this physical room that we're actually sitting in in real life here in Chicago on Ashland Avenue? Like, how do you bring the community into the actual real physical space now? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And before we really decided to pull the, pull the trigger and, and get the space, it was when we realized that if, if we build it, they will come. Sure, you know? yeah. Whether that's the people that, you know, our friends in Chicago, which we knew, you know, or, you know, the, the idea that we'd have people all, all across the world, you know, wanting to come visit. I'm not our Chicago. And that's I mean, that's what we what we've seen from the from the social reaction from discord is that we really are. And even though this is just starting like, a, like an international destination, you know, for people within the, the NFT community. And so, you know, our first event that we had um, was it the, the second week of June. Uh, when we opened, we had a bunch. It was invitation only. We had a bunch of people that were really excited to to show up. And it was amazing to kind of manifest some of these these relationships we've been building kind of online digitally, like in the real world. And, and I think you really touched on something there with the pandemic and how that's kind of impacted everything from the adoption of technology to the need to be connecting in the real world. And I think we're at a really opportune moment of time to be creating this because because like you said, you know, the. The, the technological, the concept of having, uh, of meeting people and having a social situation virtually and through a computer is now a lot more accepted than it was, you know, pre-pandemic. And so you have this, this concept that people are now a little bit more familiar with and the ability to create events where people are able to actually meet in person. And th this community, this NFT community has, has really kind of grown on Twitter and online and made so many relationships. And so when we're at the opener, when you see an artist go up to another artist and be like, hey, are you this guy? And then like, oh, you're this guy? It was, the energy was just electric. And that's, it was, we just keep getting more and more encouraged to keep building in this direction, basically every night and every experience and that, we, that we put on here. I wanna talk about a Medium post that you guys put up that I thought was really interesting. So a couple things from that. Uh, so there's a post on your Medium page. I'm gonna read a quote from that. We are living in one of the most influential periods in a modern art history. The traditional financial model of art is being disrupted right before our eyes. In the traditional model, artists do not own their work. In the traditional model, artists do not share in the upside of their work. I mean, we're seeing so many examples of that. Like, look at, 
look at Britney, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Britney on down, right? Like there's so yeah. many examples of that just in the history of all creative work. In the traditional model, artists are cut off from their work after the first sale, dooming them from any future sales of their work. Not anymore. In the new digital economy, the creator is always connected to the creation. Okay, so that's the quote from your Medium page. Really interesting. Here's my question. What does ownership mean to each of you? Why is it so important that creators are also owners of their work? Yeah, so interesting question. So what NFTs are doing, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording, NFT, obviously non-fungible token, they are essentially changing the way we look at asset ownership. And so in the past, just as you touched on that with that quote, and I'll dig into it a little bit, you know, in the past for me, you have an artist who as an up and coming artist and, and Matt touched on it, we're working with emerging creators all the time. Um, we're working with some established creators, but we, we work with a ton of emerging creators. And so to imagine that a, that a creator, that one of these creators pre-blockchain could create a piece of work that works sell for X amount of dollars, let's say a hundred dollars, right? just because they were so new. And then they blow up a year later, and that piece then sell for $400,000. Again, huge increases, but possible based on artist profile. The fact that they wouldn't share in the revenue of that piece on the secondary sale is so sad based on some of these creators that we know. And so now with the introduction of blockchain and, the, and, and how that is changing the way we look at asset ownership for me, I'm ecstatic that now these creators can still share in the ownership of their work. Also, it now behooves the creator to continue. Once that piece leaves their hand, they still own part of it. So they're still connected to it and they still are are sharing in this, like, it's almost this, like, and Matt can touch on it too, this, this relationship between collector and creator, right? The bond has become even closer now because it's up to not only the collector to help raise the profile of the artist, but it's also beneficial to the artist to help raise the profile of the collector because they own their piece, but also um, for them to just continue to raise their profile because they're still connected to any potential secondary sales of their work. And so I think that blockchain, as it's changing the future of asset ownership, which we can talk more about, but for me, it's also tightening that relationship between the collector and the creator because the collector is not the only one who owns a piece now. Now it's the creator and the collector who still own the piece on the secondary. Which again ties back into that theme of community too, where all of a sudden it's, you know, I mean, I think that's been building for decades now where it's like, I look at the example of, I don't know if it's the early nineties and I'm listening to a Pearl Jam CD. If I like that CD or I don't, there is no way for me to tell Eddie better how I feel about that either way. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can't yell in my backyard and be like, this sucks. I don't like, I don't think Pearl Jam sucks, but you know right. what I mean? 1993, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. 2013, if I have an opinion about whoever's work, right? Take your pick, Billie mm-hmm. Eilish, Rihanna, I can tweet at them. And now it's like that creator or the connection between creator and consumer. It's just so much closer now, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some artists and some creators, obviously, I mean, as evidenced here and as evidenced in the metaverse, a lot of creatives have caught on to NFTs and, and why the metaverse is so beneficial to them. But I think some people also are, you know, they just haven't caught on to this yet, or maybe they don't fully understand it without asking you to give a full dissertation on, on NFTs and everything like kind of what's, I guess, like a surface level benefit for creators to start thinking about bringing their work into this space, you know, into the metaverse and, and maybe selling their work this way. Let, real quick, let me close the loop on, cause I think closing the loop, answering this question kind of closes the loop on that. Yeah. And then Matt can piggyback off it. So in the past, 
when an artist sold a piece, they weren't able to actually get a percentage of the secondary sale. Sure. So NFTs and blockchain specifically allow for these artists to build into this thing called a smart contract, which we won't necessarily fully explain on this podcast, but you can go back and look and, it up. And kind of self-explanatory too. I right. think at this point you can, yeah. Exactly. Using the Ethereum blockchain to write a contract that includes X, Y, and Z, whatever you want in the contract. And so now artists have the ability to earn a percentage of secondary sales that are immutably built into the smart contract. So yeah, with that, Matt, if you want to piggyback off that. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think, I think the reason, the reason artists should, should start getting into this is because I think it's the very, very beginning of a real paradigm shift in the way that, that art and and to Chase's point, assets are, are bought and sold. And there's an opportunity now, if you're an artist to, to be, you know, one of the, one of the early adopters and, you know, that yes, there's an opportunity now to, to make money and no, maybe it's not as, as wide an opportunity as it was specifically in, you know, February to April uh, earlier this year. But I wouldn't let any of the downturn or any of the supposed lack of, or, or down, you know, down of hype detract from, from artists who want to get into the space. Because I, I really do think that this is just the very beginning. And, you know, for all the reasons Chase listed about the artists continuing to get um, a, a percentage of secondary revenue, uh, but but just in general, there's there's also a, a new class of of thing patronage that is really leading and, and pushing this movement, and th- these patrons in the space, what they're looking for are people with interesting stories and people creating interesting artwork. And if you if you are an artist, and and you are creating these things, I think you'd be making a mistake to not be looking at at this type of of market and this type of environment. And yes, it, it requires you to go outside your comfort zone a little bit, but you know everything does when it's new and. And I think that also speaks to the community and, and why the community is so is so engaged and is so excited about what's going on is because it's it's just a selection of people that did get out of their comfort zone, that were willing to take that extra next step and learn something new and, and figure out something that they didn't know. So if you put a, a group of all those people in the same room, whether that's our virtual chat in, in the metaverse or our Discord channel or here in I'm Not Art Chicago, um, you can just feel that energy. And so my advice to to an artist or somebody getting into it is just go in, you know, going with both feet. You know, we often call it the the rabbit hole. Um, and, and once you once you start learning about something, whether it's the metaverse or, or NFTs or, or you just, you know, it it's the it's the deepest rabbit hole that that there is. And there's there's so much to learn. And, you know, I really think that it's it's to the artist's benefit to learn this now because I think it's gonna be just a part of everyday art buying and selling in, in, in the future. No, 100%. I think it, it is going to become more and more widely accepted just as everything becomes easier. And I'm sure eventually there'll just be some very easy app where you just mint something with the app and it takes one second and it's, yeah, up there. And it's 100%. It, yeah, just, just sorry, just to kind of like, I think that just because uh, a piece of art is an NFT doesn't mean it has to be a like a digital image. Sure. It can be a canvas. Like you can sell your canvas, your traditional art. You don't have to change your medium to make an NFT. Uh, you know, we're, we're really, you know, we're all about kind of pushing the boundaries and exploring the, the combination of physical and digital. And so what I would say is, you know, what I think is really good and we're seeing in the space now is you can create a piece that does have a, a digital version, but if you buy that NFT, you get the physical version, you get the canvas, you get the, the actual piece, the sculpture, whatever it may be. And so, you know, but again, you don't even have to do that. It can just be, the token can just represent, you know, your physical work in the same medium you've been doing it, but this is just a new novel way that, that you can sell it. Something that occurred to me, and, and you bringing up the phrase like closing the loop, while we're talking about this new way that artists are finally able to, I think, 
really in a significant way earn when so much of the internet has been built around artists basically giving away their work for free or getting their work stolen really since Napster. And it almost kind of feels like this is somewhat of a bookend to like this Pandora's box that got opened way the fuck back with Napster. percent. You know? And we were, percent. When we were kids, I mean, I'll speak for myself. When we were kids, Napster was very exciting. It was like, holy shit, I don't have to spend $20 on a CD that has one good song. Exactly. But that led to two decades of everything on the internet. Everyone just being like, I'm not paying $2 for this episode of Better Call Saul on iTunes. What am I fucking made of money? And like, you know, $8 a month for Spotify for all the music in the world. Like everything became so demonetized. And of course, it's such a struggle for artists and creatives to make money. So this is obviously, I think, so beneficial that really there's artists who are making a lot of, and not that it's only about money, but it is great that artists are able to like put money back in their pocket because it's not fucking easy or cheap being an artist. It takes a long time to do this kind of stuff. A hundred percent. And and that's why like we're, some of the artists that, that have been, you know, applying their trade for years and go to the NFT space and are seeing this like very quick success, they're like, this is they're they're sh- they're almost shook by it. It's like this is this is wild, and so the opportunity that exists right now, I think, is I think is massive. And, and what you were touching on with kind of like Web two or like the current internet, kind of really monetizing off its users and, and not being really a, a fair place for content creators to be able to monetize off what they're creating. No, it's all built on our data. It's all everything's built on our data, and we are the product. Surveillance that's being sold. capitalism, sure. whatever you want to exactly. Like we are the product, right? Right. In Web two, we are the product, and so. I think along those same lines of thinking about why an artist would want to create an NFT, I think that the 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 Web3 that is being built right now, um, which is still in its infancy, is trying to correct for a lot of those those issues where, you know, there's no reason why all of our private information should be exposed and then other companies are making money off of it. You know, we should be we should be in charge of that, whether it's the artist should be have more control over their artwork if they're putting up images on whatever site it's on. But it just in general, the, our, our private information is going to be kind of given back to the user. And that's one of, like, the, one of the most powerful forces driving this whole decentralization movement and Web3 movement is to try to create a better internet um, that is better for creators. And I think this is just the first kind of manifestation of it. One more thing from the medium. It says, you know, you're looking for others to get involved with I'm Not Art, which is great. So how specifically can other creators get involved either in the online or offline component and who are you looking to connect with yeah so i'm not art we have a pretty interesting model um so i'm going to speak specifically to i'm not art um and and one thing that i'm sure there's going to be a handful of folks listening to this who find themselves in the category of of people who are now intrigued by this and want to get involved so the first thing for i'm not art specifically we what we're trying to build is is a community that allows for anybody to be involved Obviously, the physical gallery here in Chicago is something that we want to be highly curated, but we want to look at doing shows with established creators, um, and we also want to be able to feature the emerging creator because we were built by emerging creators, and I say by because they shared in our building, and so obviously we have our physical model here. Like you look around, you see it, but then another way for people to get involved, especially those who are new, new to NFTs is, and we want I'm not art to be the entry point for people. Matt always has this phrase, let us be your first, right? We want to be your first entry point into NFTs or the metaverse. One way artists can get involved. We have a discord that they can join. That's the first way to kind of get involved and start to understand what's going on. Um, we have a community gallery that happens. We're still trying to figure it out right now. It's about bi-weekly. Um, and community gallery is an exhibition that happens virtually in the metaverse. Um, all of our metaverse 
properties are listed in our Twitter bio, so you can find those there. But artists can submit their work in our community gallery channel in our Discord, and then we go through and select the art that we're going to feature in the community gallery. And it's curated, but we also want to make sure that we provide enough opportunity for artists to get involved. So there have been a number of artists. Um, some of these artists you're seeing on the walls here that started in the community gallery and are ultimately manifesting themselves right now on Better Chicago. Yeah, I'd say that's that's the best the best way to get involved is to to submit artwork for our, for our virtual you know gallery events. And um, as Chase was saying, like sometimes we have extensions of that in the physical. We're planning some some really big exhibitions um, that are with some bigger name artists, but also with some emerging artists, people from our community. Um, so the first step would be you know follow us on Twitter, join our Discord, which is kind of like our community platform. And then there's a channel inside of our Discord where you can submit art directly and uh, for consideration for, for our galleries. Yeah, and, and this is amazing. And I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. But I have a strong feeling that this is not the last podcast we're going to end up doing together. So <laughs> I think this is a really good start. But, you know, you've teased some of the things that you have coming up. Anything else you want to preview that's coming soon or that you guys are working on? Anything you can say? Yeah, yeah. No, I'd love... We actually haven't announced this publicly, so we can break it here. But... Um, our, our, we really, like I was saying earlier, something special is happening here in Chicago and it's an energy that, that we feel we felt before we opened the space. And then when we opened the space, it really was cemented. And the, the, the Chicago creators, the Chicago collectors, there's a desire to build something here in Chicago, to build an international destination for NFTs, to build the best NFT gallery in the world right here. And everybody's kind of really kind of aligned in, in buying in, buying into that vision. And so... You know, I think that's kind of where 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 it started to become real was when we thought that everybody sees this this concept of of doing it doing it here and and making a point to to do something in in Chicago. Yeah. Now on the show, so effectively, what we want to do, given the fact that we want I'm not art to be an international destination for NFTs, and Madeline says we want to create seminal events here at here at I'm not art Chicago <laughs> that transcend just Chicago, but are memorable throughout history in the NFT movement. And so with that, what we're kind of dedicating our first, our first exhibition, our first true exhibition here at I'm Not Art Chicago is gonna be our Chicago Genesis show. Our, well, I'm Not Art Chicago Genesis show, the first exhibition that we do, it's gonna be a collective of, of Chicago specific artists from Chicago that create Chicago art. So our first exhibition can be dedicated to Chicago, highly curated. We've got a number of, of high profile artists that we're speaking to. Again, we haven't officially released it, but here's a teaser at minimum. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be our first kind of kickoff kickoff event here. Yeah, we thought there was really no better way to open open this up from an exhibition standpoint than to host something that really showcased local Chicago artists, people that have been part of our community, and, and building and creating something really about or reflective of Chicago. And that kind of just really reinforces everything that we're trying to do here. And so that'll be our first exhibition in August. We have another exhibition uh, planned in, in late August with, a, with another artist that's really kind of popular in, in the, the NFT space right now in the on-chain generative space. And so uh, really looking forward to the two shows in August. It's going to be a lot of fun. Man, that is killer. This is really awesome stuff. I'm very impressed. And, and again, like I think we, we've got future conversations ahead of us. And I think there's like so much to dig into here in what you guys are doing and just with, you know, again, Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, all these things in general. Um, Matt Shapiro and Chase McCaskill, of I'm Not Art Gallery, and it's all one word, I-M-N-O-T-A-R-T, I'm Not Art, all one word, gallery. Thank you both so much for the time. This is awesome. Thank Uh, you. Thank you so much for having us. It's really a pleasure. And again, look forward to, to keeping the conversation going.
Appreciate it, Hannah.